This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303 mile range, available two-way charging and other category defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250 plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions, and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. My entire room that I'm in right now and the adjoining room just smell like urine. <laughs> horribly, horribly smell like urine. Why? And they have for the last... So that was the question, Danielle. And it's, I think, a, an important question. It's valid. Why, it's a valid question. Why? Why is all of a sudden one room in my home smell like urine? It's also the only room that only you go into. <laughs> it's true. Right? Well, and okay, so, and the dog. Why does the dog go in there? Does the dog do Because the dog work? likes the bed. No, 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 no. Not this little room. There's also, it's attached. My dog is doesn't like voiceover work. She really wants on camera. She's trying very hard. She, you should see her jump photos and everything. They're great. <laughs> she also wears rollerblades. She wears she rollerblades. And she's got one where she's a doctor and she's just like this. It's great. She's doing really well. Well, if um, it's your, also your bedroom, then I mean, we, we the answer well, is the dog. My bed, right. What? It's not but Sue. That's what we were wondering what it was. No, Sue does. She goes in the other room. So... <laughs> I'm like, we're wondering what the heck it is. What, what, what is going on? What is going on? And we go over and we find this huge patch on the carpet. In the last rainstorm, water must have slipped underneath part of the house and under the carpet and has been mm. sitting in a giant puddle under the carpet. So it's not so, urine. It's just... It's just mildewy. nasty, yeah. mildewy Ugh. smell. That's horrifying. So if occasionally I go, ugh. It's probably not the episode. 
uh, that we're watching. Partially. Or, or maybe or, it is. Or maybe it is. <laughs> no, it is that I am sitting right now in a giant urinal cake at a baseball stadium. <laughs> sipping okay. coffee. Enjoy my day. So just just so you know. Is wow. that horrible pre-show? Oh, I don't know. man. I don't know. That's really gross. I'm sorry you're dealing with that. It is what it is. I think we should have a pre-show chatter song. And I think some, so one of us should write it. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if we sing it, if it's another kind of pre-show chatter. But I think there should be something that we come up <laughs> Welcome with. Welcome to the about pre-show. Show. Right? We talk about food and stuff. And stuff. What kind <laughs> of aches and pains? Like? Yes. Aches and pains. I, I love it. We're so yeah. old now. Can we yeah. not? Can we? Is I think it's a great idea. Well, anyway. <laughs> well, you've been thinking a lot about musicals. I have been thinking a lot about musicals lately. I have yeah. been. And it's because I'm what I consider a phenomenal singer, what most would consider awful. Um, <laughs> right. You've always been a good singer, man. I, no, you just really. don't do it that often. But I remember you singing back in the day and being like, oh, really? you've got a good voice. Yes. Yeah, that's, I know. I am and you always like, no, 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 I don't. But you do. I think a Boy Meets World musical or some kind of version of it would be actually very fun. It would I just, think it could be done. I've never seen High School Musical, but isn't that kind of what High School Musical is? It's like a coming of age story with songs. Yeah, where they kind of, they all of a sudden are like, I'm on the basketball team. Yeah, yeah. they're like dancing for no reason kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. That's, that's how you would want to do a Boy Meets World musical? No, frankly, what I was thinking of doing is animated. Mm. I want to do an animated Disney kind of special that is like a Boy Meets World. Because again, when you're animated, the joy of animation is you could make it any time because we're just using our voices. So we could go back and do like the summer between and season my voice one and never season changed. two. I saw and your exactly voice never changed. You sound so. the same as you did when you were eight <laughs> months old. Never dropped. Yeah. Yeah. And I can still talk like I'm doing a Micro Machine commercial. So See? I can pop right back into... It It would be <laughs> great. getting her teeth. first teeth. Her first teeth. Ryder came out of the womb going, Mama, Mama. <laughs> and his voice just never changed. <laughs> Wild times, Gooshlings. <laughs> Welcome to Pod Meets World. I'm Danielle Fischel. I'm Ryder Strong. And I'm Will Friedle. So today we are recapping season two, episode five, The Uninvited. It originally aired October 21st, 1994. And the synopsis is that Corey's reputation hangs in the balance over whether or not he'll be invited to a very cool party at school. Corey is relieved when he finally does score an invite, but is shocked when Sean does not. Also, Alan throws out his back. It was directed by David Trainer. was written by Susan Estelle Jansen. It guest stars Danny McNulty as Harvey, Harley Kiner, Blake Soper as Joseph Joey the Rat Epstein, Ethan Suplee as Frankie Stacchino. I think, I think, I don't know how you say her name. Jonah, Stuart Bowden as Melissa, Jonna, Jonah, Joanna, but it's spelled J-O-H-N-A. I am Joanna, probably put right? Joanna with an A, right? J-O-H-N-A. It's Jonna. Right? Jonna? I, I, is it yeah, Jonna? I've heard of women named Jonna before. So. Okay. okay. Jonna. Jonna Stewart-Bowden. I had not heard that name. Jessica Bowman as Jennifer, who would later star as Colleen Cooper and Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, and Philip Glasser as Ubaldo, who went on to be the voice of Fifel Mouskowitz in American Tale. Oh, cool. He was also, I, I knew him, or I didn't know, I didn't really know him. I guess I met him during this episode, but I knew of him because he did Gavroche um, in the oh. lame, in the, um, Los Angeles production of Les Miserables, which oh. predated my production of Les Miserables that I did in San Francisco. So a lot of the same cast from LA came up. So I always heard about this kid, Philip, when I was doing Les Mis when I was 10. So he must have been slightly older than me. But yeah, I, I Is knew the of California him. version of Les Mis that stealing the bread is no longer a crime? <laughs> Jeez. I was just curious. <laughs> 
I'm just wondering, well, it's under 900 bucks. So I was just curious how they did that. The layers to this joke, man. I know. It's almost too much for me to respond to. It's very telling. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Wait, Danielle, I'm sorry, not to interrupt. Did you say Harvey Harley Kiner? Was that his name? Was Harley a nickname? I mean, that's what's written here. I just read what's written. Huh. <laughs> I didn't know that. that's what actually might be true. I didn't. Um, I didn't know if Harley was his first name or Har- that's the first I I've thought, heard that maybe he I had thought a, that a they changed name. when they when that's they brought exactly in that other actor. They changed it to Harvey or whatever. That's exactly what I thought. Oh, that all along okay. he was Harley Kiner when it was Danny, and yes. then when they brought in the huh, huh, you're now the last minute replacement. Yeah, they, you're a Harvey, not a Harley, and maybe yes. people won't notice. But yes. but this says that Danny McNulty was Harvey Harley. Kiner, oh, okay. so I don't know if maybe in IMDb on this episode that's what he's credited mm. as. Okay, um, curious. So yeah, it says it says that on IMDb. Okay, um, and then going back to our guest stars, Jonathan C. Kaplan returns as Alvin, mm-hmm. and so we have our little cartoon open where the world rolls over, boy, and we are in the Matthews kitchen. Alan is going through the mail and noticing catalogs that are making him feel old. Alan admits that he has been getting high-potency vitamin E supplements, which make him more durable, and maybe that's why he's getting old people's mail. Can I admit something very, very quickly right off the bat, which just shocked me? Hmm. Until you, Danielle, just said the world rolls over boy, I didn't get it. (laughs) What do you mean? I mean, I never got that's what it is. It was just this cartoon that popped up. The idea that it's the world crushing him. I never got that until Yale just said it it's in 2023. Never Jeez, got it. Will. So yeah. what did you think? You just, I, yeah, I thought it was a fun, thought about bright, it. It was fun like, cartoon. Funny cartoon. Jazzy music. I was thinking about the music t- this time. Yeah. I was like, oh, we really changed moods with our like, <laughs> as opposed to. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Will, just I that. love that you can notice a speck of dust <laughs> yeah. in the background. He's, he's gonna tell of us scene. what's yeah, he's gonna tell us what poster is in yeah. uh what's her name's basement. He'll tell us oh, the size we'll get to of that. the ketchup <laughs> container. He's gonna know what the kids were eating at the geek party. But uh, and why uh, half of the sodas, everything there was like a quarter of every bottle, like they'd already been 14 oh bottles God. in. Anyway, uh oh just gosh. got that. Thank you, Danielle. Oh, Show right. totally different for me. That makes sense. <laughs> oh man so amy wants to know how much does he take and he says all of it Corey and sean then come come into the kitchen and alan says dudes he's trying to be all young he wants to go outside and play basketball and then he throws the mail to amy and asking her if she could get them off this mailing list and as he does it he suddenly can't move and Amy wants to call the doctor and Alan says, no, there's no way he couldn't have possibly thrown out his back. He's way too young. So I guess when you're 40, you're, that's how, you're just <laughs> donezo. That's yeah. what I said when he said 40. I was like, he's supposed to be six years younger than me right now. Yeah. Really? Yeah, man. Do you remember this scene? Do you remember during run through how Rusty originally did it? No, you do? Mm-hmm. I do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Rusty originally did it kind of loud and funny, which I thought was great. Like he, Where he, he went like, Ugh. Yeah, he throws out <laughs> his back and goes, duh, 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 like he made these noises. Yeah. And I remember Michael saying, have you ever thrown out your back? Have you ever thrown out your back? You, you can't you can't move. You can't make any noise. You can't do anything. It's just, duh, you can't do anything. So that's what Rusty did. 
And in my head, I remembered his original performance, which I thought was funnier because right. you're on a sitcom. Yeah. You know, you throw out your back, give it a little. It's me. It's noise guy. So it's right. and which is what Rusty did. Yeah. Right. And, and was pulled back from that almost instantly. I oh, oh, that's yeah, funny I, that you remember that. Yeah. Well, it's because I was barely in this episode and the episodes I was barely in, I would then walk around and because by this point, you're Tony and I were getting to know each other. You right. guys were in school. So I was kind of watching the show start to take place. Yeah. Also, I, like you yeah, said, you're a noise guy. So for you, yeah. when you saw Rusty do it, you were like, that's funny. And then to see it get changed, you were like, wait a minute. Why would you change that? Yeah. 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 So then we are in Mr. Feeney's classroom. Feeney is mid-lecture about the Transcontinental Railroad. Though the map pulled down behind him on the blackboard is of Europe. <laughs> Is that true? Is it really? I, I don't notice any of this stuff. Oh I didn't see that either. Is it really Europe? Yes. <laughs> There's a map of Europe. Our prop department just couldn't find it. It's really yeah, hard to find an American just map throw these up days. Just, uh, no one will know. know. No one will notice. They, they'll uh, never figure it out. They won't be talking about this in 30 years. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that's really Mark Papson. What were you thinking? <laughs> Oh my oh, gosh. Oh, my now wait, is Ryder, that's a good so I, that's a good question that I would have for you and, and both you and Danielle would know this as directors. Mark Papson was our prop guy. Is props different than set decoration? Would that be Mark or would that have yeah. been someone else there, that would have done the map? Props are whenever somebody an actor engages with something. Whenever an actor touches something, that's considered a prop or uses something. Uh, and then okay. if it's not, then it's set deck. But there's a little bit of, you know, crossover. They're all art department. So um I mean, in, on a show like ours, gosh, I don't know how it works with the set decks. I mean, I, I'm assuming because the art department is usually there's like a prop master who does mm -hmm. everything. That was David Glazer. David yep. Glazer, right. And then Mark would have been the guy on set actually managing all the props and like making sure everybody has everything they need. Okay. Um, but yeah, with, if he doesn't touch the map, he never touches the map, huh? So it's probably just part of the set. Yeah. Hmm. But on a sitcom, I feel like they decorate the set and then they don't touch it ever again. You know what I mean? Like for the rest right, of the yeah. season, it kind of stays yeah. the same. Yeah. I mean, at least on Boy Meets World, it was that way because we went back to the same classrooms all the time on other yeah. shows I direct now where they want it to seem as though there are four or five different classrooms and they bring in different guest stars to be different right. teachers. They rotate. They yeah. they redress all the time. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I just I thought that was pretty funny. But you so, know, it's also crazy to think about like something that we had no idea what was going on is that those departments are working all through the night. I so know. that when we get the right, so like art department or like set construction, like they build these sets, but they can only do it when we're not working, which mm -hmm. is if we're working five days a week. And it wasn't until I think I was on girl that I really fully grasped that when we'd yeah. be like leaving at the end of the day and I'd be like making my shot list or whatever. And then I'd see like this whole crew of people arriving to like work yeah. through the night building our sets it's crazy yeah. it's not magic it's it's actual people doing work <laughs> not, as actors not little we show set up elves like, that show yeah, up the elves that built up exactly. but it's true because that that is a department that we would never have even met as actors yeah. do you yeah. know what i mean like we would we like there's a whole like crew of people building all of the boy meets world sets who yep we've never met <laughs> i mean even down to painting the floors you know yeah. they come in and they repaint the floors because the cameras scuff things up and our shoes yeah. scuff yeah. things up and they're you know moving different sets in and out yeah as a director you're right writer you see it all the time because I i'm usually the one of the first people to arrive on a set um, and they're like just finishing up their day and they're finishing up they're <laughs> yeah. cleaning up they've got fans going they're drying paint and it's i uh, you know it's good morning for me and it's really like good night for them and yeah. you know we're crossing paths in that way so 
yeah, so much, so much magic that yeah. is not yeah. actually magic. It's blood, sweat, and tears of exactly. people creating it. So shout shout out to those crews. Shout oh out to God. those crews building all so the hard. stuff. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yes. So the students are not paying attention and they're passing notes and the always watching fiend Everybody's easily... passing notes. Oh, you always yeah. know, it's like, I guess passing notes is going to become a thing because we're all doing it. Everybody. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like no yeah. texting. the kids are going to throw paper airplanes. Give them, everybody has a paper airplane. <laughs> yeah. Remember that episode, like in the first season? Oh yeah, yes. when yep. Ben was taking over, it was like, chaos, throw right. stuff. All right. <laughs> and sit on a bouncy notes. ball. Yeah. Uh, so Feeney easily picks them off. He starts reading the notes, which are all about an upcoming party. Corey's note asks if it's going to be a makeup party, but he re- <laughs> he misread it. It's supposed to be a make out party. And so Corey corrects him. And then we are in the school hallway and Corey says Melissa isn't going to invite him anymore because of his note. But Sean says people will forget and he's going to get invited. And Harley walks up with his gang and says Corey was sitting in his chair last Tuesday in the cafeteria and he owes him one. In (laughs) typical Frankie fashion, he and Joey have a misunderstanding, which leads Frankie to want to call home. This is so did you guys get the feeling that this was like clearly written right after the first episode of the season. Yeah. yeah. Or if it was just written right after, you know, because we, we might we, they would have been writing scripts like one, a week or two out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just so funny that this one sort of reverted back to all the same storyline tropes of the first episode of the season. Um, yeah. That I was like, oh, maybe that was like, they because, you know, th- this becomes the recurring joke. Like, oh, I got to call my sister. Um, it's funny. I, I was just it's like, a, yeah, it's, it's an a, interesting runner. It's and now all I'm watching is Ethan's performance after we talked about it, where he is taking everything so seriously, mm-hmm. and he's just taking it. In. It's it's great. It's, it's so great. Good. I also really love the. I just I do love the dynamic between Joey and Frankie, and how Joey is is always very concerned for Frankie and supportive. He, yeah. and supportive. Support, he's yeah. like the most loving and supportive friend, and he sometimes sticks his foot in his mouth. But then he just Has he to just make is, feel better. Yeah. He's like, no, no. Let's talk about it. It's it's yeah. so cute. It's such a cute friend dynamic that right. I I just that no, was great. Yeah. Um, so Harley says he looks at Corey's face and he wants to hit it. Is that so wrong? (laughs) Then two nerds walk by talking about chess and Harley follows them, which saves Corey. Corey says he wishes Harley would kill him so he doesn't have to be humiliated because he's not invited to the party. And Corey suggests he will move into a clock tower and live like the hunchback. But Sean says there will always be room on his couch for Corey. Well, then Corey asks, but isn't your Uncle Frank on the couch? And Sean explains he moved out when he won the lottery. He won six dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? It looked like you were about to break there. Really? Yeah. It looked like on the six because six bucks. It's a funny line, and the way you delivered it was great. And I just saw the upturn of the mouth. Oh, like, well, there's another line. Like, there's another line on here that I was. I, I, I know. We'll talk about. Oh, you know, you can see <laughs> I'm it. Pretty I sure I have it. Yeah. But that one, I was like, <laughs> I oh, didn't I think Ryder was right about to break six there. Six bucks. Yep. <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't notice it. No. Um, Melissa is now going around hounding out, handing out the party invitations, and we enter a slow mo. Slow mo sequence. This is great. This it is was so fun. Great. So, yeah. We've got dramatic music, and kids are celebrating when they get an invite, and then wincing in pain when they don't get one. Talk about some incredible background acting. Yes. Speaking of background acting, I could be wrong. Yeah. The guy she hands the, the Josh Keaton. It is Josh, right? Yeah. It's but totally his name Josh. back then, he's credited actually because he is he, he he does end up saying a line I think or maybe he said a line that got cut because his name is in the credits. But back then he was Joshua Weiner. 
Oh, okay, so but it is, he, yeah, so that's it, his that's real name, his first name, but then he changed his name shortly after doing Boy Meets World. But okay. we hung out, we became friends for a little while. I saw him not um, that long. Josh is a great guy; he's a yeah. huge voiceover actor. He's and his real, sister was in Nobody's Angel, no, nobody's which came Angel. back for our show. And yeah. his he has uh, three sisters, two or three sisters. Yeah, um, and they're all like super talented. I, I, and I did a movie him. with his other sister, his younger sister Danielle. I did a movie with like fifteen years ago. Yeah, that's so which funny. movie. It's called Darkening Sky. Ooh. Yeah, it's an alien, paranoid oh, alien movie. So it's not Horror. Summertime Switch 2, Darkening Sky. <laughs> no. Interesting. I play, no, I, I love play, Josh. That was, I was there's right. a twist that I, 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 I'm I going crazy. I think aliens are landing, but I'm actually murdering people. That's, that's uh-huh. Did you just yeah. give away the ending of the film that I yeah. haven't seen yet? Seriously? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, well, you're going to go rent Darkening Sky yeah, Of course I am. Of course Spoiler I am. Alert. <laughs> Wow, he just gave it away. <laughs> and Rosebud was a sled. Thanks, Ryder. <laughs> so Melissa hands an invitation to Corey, but not one to Sean. Corey is thrilled. Turns around, excitedly talks to Sean, and Sean says he didn't get one. It's no big deal. So Corey asks Melissa about Sean's invite, and she confirms he's not invited. Corey breaks the news to Sean, not understanding why Sean didn't get invited, even though he's so much cooler than Corey. So now Corey is on a mission to make sure Sean gets an invite. He says he's going to use the payphone to pull some strings now that he's cool and then realizes his only call is really to Sean. So this isn't really looking good. As a podcast focused on reliving memories from our past, I can tell you firsthand, as you get older, your memory just isn't as reliable as it used to be. Yeah, if we didn't have Will here, there would be a lot of dead air. (laughs) That is true, Robert. Well, guys, since I know you need a little help, you're going to love Legacy Box. It's the safest way to digitize your home videos and pictures, even when you think you don't have a way to watch them anymore. Oh, this is perfect, especially with Mother's Day right around the corner. It really is the perfect gift for the whole family, whether it's a sweet 16 or college graduation, first steps, or performing a Backstreet Boys dance in between scenes on your childhood network sitcom. This is the way to reconnect with your history. The process is so easy. You just fill your legacy box with old VHS or camcorder tapes, pictures, negatives, film reels. I mean, they even work with over 15 different types of analog media, so they have you covered. Then you just send the box back and their team professionally digitizes everything by hand in the U.S. And you'll get it all back on the cloud or on a thumb drive along with your originals. I recently sent off my first box to Legacy Box and I got into my old storage unit and found about 40 tapes, all different media. And I was able to label each one and send it off. I cannot wait to see what these tapes hold. Jensen and I also recently got some of his home videos digitized and being able to hear his parents' voices again has been a real gift. So join over 1.5 million families that have trusted Legacy Box with their memories. Go to LegacyBox.com world to save 60% during their best Mother's Day sale ever. It's time to connect with your past and make sure those memories are preserved properly. That's LegacyBox.com world. Summer is steadily approaching and you know what that means. Wearing a shirt at the beach so I don't look like a sad radish for the entire vacation. Okay, maybe. Being thirsty? Yes, Ryder, you got it. It is time to go outside and bask in the glory that is sunshine with barbecues and hikes and trips to exotic locations. With your shirt on? Yes, with your shirt on. 
It is time to jump into a camper van with your son and your wife and torture everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with all these summer activities, it's so important that you stay hydrated. And we're here to tell you all about Liquid IV. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. You just rip open a packet and pour it into your water and bam, you're hydrating with electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. But most importantly, it tastes good. It's so easy and perfect after a workout, which I do to replenish after a nice long run. And you can travel with Liquid IV right there in your pocket. Add it to a water on a flight or after a big night when you need just a little assistance to get up in the morning. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. And with sugar-free flavors like white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime, you can't miss. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code WORLD at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WORLD at liquidiv.com. When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ioniq 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched-out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ioniq 5 is a tech-forward electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve, forcing you to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard? Hyundai. It's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. I thought your, your sad but also no big deal performance was really great, writer was great. Well, thank you. This was, I, in general, I really like this episode. Me and too. I really like this scene and other se- scenes, which is me and Ben, you know, just like yeah. talking. Yep. And I, long I feel like scenes too. They're long scenes. And they're like, I was just, I was like, oh, this feels cool. Like, and I mean, I just remember these yeah. are the kinds of stuff I love doing. Like you're just acting like two people talking and, you know, like not doing bits, not doing like jokes, just kind of having conversation um yeah. i loved and I, this is this is the kind of work i love doing with ben and and yeah. i remember always we always had so much fun you know it was yeah just, this just the two of is us also talking. if if i'm not mistaken was this not the first chubby's reference ever yeah chubby's yeah. is the first this is the first time we see chubby's but yep. no but you i know but you also say this is the first time you say the word chubby's you just it this is thrown into the universe for the first time ever yeah I just remember yeah, being like, right. oh god chubby's is back they, they started chubby's so is, great. is this this is the scene where I say the janitor bud eye line? Yes. Yeah. So that's the one that I'm breaking on. <laughs> is that yeah. could you tell, Will? Was that the one I, you were I thinking? I think so. I have janitor oh. bud 
and then I, the last the thing second I saw myself saying it, I could I could feel the words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> ben and I could not get through this scene because of that line because I kept breaking. Isn't you know, it's one of those school mysteries, like how Ginger Bud lost his eye. And I could never finish the word eye. <laughs> and, and you can see I only barely make it through. But and Ben can't look at me. Because this is because we had all like all week, I guess I had been breaking on this line or for whatever reason, it just becomes one of those things that, oh, we're going to we're never going to get through it. Oh, I remember it was so funny because I totally forgot the line until I heard it. And I was like, yep, I remember just not being able to get through it. I really like that this again, talking about this episode and the storyline between you and Corey, I really like that it's exactly one of the things we classically love about Boy Meets World. That's really like a real friendship situation. This kind of stuff happens. What Mm -hmm. happens when one friend is like moving on from another friend? What happens to the relationship? Are we still friends? Is it cool that we hang out? It's like a real teen tween problem that comes up and it's you guys just figuring it out by talking. And then the other thing I loved is we don't see this cool blocking anymore where you guys sat down with your backs to camera. But because mm-hmm. of the way you guys were facing each other, it still, still worked. Yeah. I miss the the reality of not needing to see two full eyes all yeah. the time. I yeah. loved that blocking. You were saying, you're saying the janitor bud line as you're sitting down, mostly with kind of like your back to camera, which I just loved. It was probably also because you couldn't keep it together. So they were like, right. let's just right. put his right. face. Right. His face. <laughs> oh my God. But no, honestly, Danielle, I do I like that blocking. So with you and this is something that drives that drove me crazy about directing a girl meets world is this new obsession with trying to make multi-camera shows look like they're not multi-camera yeah and like it's something that like i guess disney channel or you know whatever on high the decision was made we always need to see two eyes but if you watch traditional sitcoms people are in profile people yes. turn their backs all the time like Cheers, you look at the outline, the out, the way that sets outline, people are constantly in profile or talking yeah, in profile. Because you're watching the a bar. play. Yes. You're watching a play. I know. So, and you don't need to see two eyes to, to understand. You know, sometimes you want to see somebody's body. You want to see how they move. Yeah. So I agree. It's like a weird, like basically, I think because technology has gotten so good and you know, being able to shoot in sets has gotten so easy, much easier. Like there's just this desire now to like make everything basically a perfect single, you know, so you always have like a single with two eyes of every character and I, it ruins naturalistic blocking. I hate it. Yeah. I love, it was one of the things I noticed where I was like, man, that feels good. I feel like you really are two kids in a hallway sitting down on this bench that's here and you guys are talking about, well, why do you think I wasn't invited to the party? And, and you didn't like have to awkwardly turn yourself around. Yeah. I just loved it. It felt like the old classroom scenes used to not be a pain to shoot. Like shooting classroom scenes on Girl Meets World were a nightmare that would take so much extra time because they would be like, well, let's get in here. We got it. And we'd have to like basically pull out walls and get the camera in to get singles of everybody. Whereas yeah. back then they just like staggered our desks and shot yeah, us and like yeah. let it go. And that's yeah. how it should be. And right. if you had to if you had to say a line looking upstage, you'd say the line and then look back and give your reaction downstage. You'd go, yep. yeah, leave me alone. And look, right. it's like you'd figure it out. You'd, yep. you'd yeah. split the difference. And now it's right. yeah, it is. Yeah. It's I always such a thought the world. camera was supposed to be the audience. And when you in, in life, when you're watching two people talk, you're not moving around with every line to watch what one. Right. Per, it's just. Yeah. So. So I, you still get that pressure, Danielle. It yeah. wasn't just a girl meets world thing. It's like a network wide or a. 
it's just in general. That's I don't necessarily know how much of it is network and how much of it is associate directors. I think um, mm-hmm. a lot of associate directors just feel like, you yeah, know, as much coverage as possible, as much coverage as and possible. As and good. let's have yeah. the option for two eyes. Let's have it. And, let's have it. and so it becomes this thing where even if even if you're really happy with what you have, they're pushing for, well, let's go ahead. You know, we've got the time. Let's go in. But right. I don't I most of the time I'm like, I'm not going to want to use it. No. I like this stuff that feels more real, but mm-hmm. it is. You know, as far as having options and if you do have the time, which is, you know, a commodity in children's TV, sure, go ahead and get it so that when you're in the editing room, you have the option. Lord knows there's nothing I wish I had more of than time when I did my single camera project. Yep. Hey, so. you had like four days. Stop complaining. <laughs> if you can't shoot a feature film in four days, you're not trying hard enough. Oh, oh my gosh. I just broke out in hives just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> we are in the school cafeteria. Mr. Turner helps Corey kick the temperamental vending machine to get his soda, and the crowd woos him like he's oh, the no. Fonz. Fonzie. <laughs> <laughs> he is cool, man. Is also, cool. what is this tie? Is it a bunch of gumdrops? That's what I thought it was. Oh, I didn't some notice type this of, one. Some type of candy. Yeah, it looked like a gumdrop tie. I was, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. It feels a little yeah. odd for him to be wearing a gumdrop, gumdrop tie, but it did look kind of like that to me. Did you also notice the two uh, two other famous actor business that always happens? Now Now, now we're doing soda acting. No. Either oh, you're your soda is open and you're playing with the tab, yep. or your soda's not open and you're kind of tapping the top and kind of moving the soda yep. around as yeah. you do <laughs> in life, shaking Lots your soda. Lots of just holding, shaking, tapping. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> bending totally the, the holding, shaking, and Tony just kept playing with the tab yeah, the whole yeah. time. So, oh yeah, actor business. I love it. Actor business <laughs> again i loved the scene i yeah. just loved yeah. it's like just Me too. it's re- i mean all the, this whole episode is just a classic it's just good writing like it's a yeah. really well written episode it's funny and the characters are just having conversations you know it's i loved it i thought it was and this was another one where i was like ah tony is such an integral part of the show yes. now and like mr turner and like the different kind of advice that he can give and then of course bill coming into the end like seeing the contrast between the two t- it's just great yeah, stuff. it worked it absolutely yeah. worked yep yeah it's I, I couldn't agree with you more Corey uh asks turner for advice about the party invite situation they have very fast snappy dialogue yeah. uh and Corey admits he's wouldn't never be cool and you know. it wouldn't be cool because it would yeah. be cool. Great little button. Yeah. Corey admits he's never been cool before, so he's confused, but he does feel good. And Turner says, even though it feels good, don't get carried away by what other people think, because that wouldn't be cool. Yep. And then Corey kicks the vending machine again and he gets another soda. And of course, right at that moment, Mr. Feeney sees Mr. him. Feeney. Yeah. Yeah. And Can you gives name him one soda before White Claw. <laughs> That, it was that is a giant white can. Like, what is going on with this <laughs> white? It's a white and brown concoction <laughs> that has now become a brand Didn't of soda. Try. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, what is the, the only thing I could think of, I feel like there was like a seltzer, like a like a white and pink seltzer that like huh. we used to get as kids. Um, really? Was it? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's around Fairly anymore. Fairly Canadian was in bottles, so it wasn't that. <laughs> Um, Bartles and James. Bartles, it's actually writers <laughs> drinking wine coolers in the sixth grade. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's all, all I thought was like, ah, yes, the white and brown soda that kids are so. Yeah. I, I loved the way Bill opened the soda and took a sip. He, a he sip. sipped it like it was like a classy like, tea. A, yeah. Exactly. He's like, yeah. pinky out. Yeah. <laughs> It's yep. so cute. So then we're in the Matthews living room. Alan is on the couch. He's still reading his old people catalogs. When Feeney comes in to asks if he wants to join him for a workout at the health club. And I would give 
a limb for the yes. tr- for the suit he's wearing. Oh, the full track suit? Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love that that's what he works out in. I want one. Yeah. I also think we should start a drinking game where you have to take a shot every time there's a Buddy Epson reference. (laughs) Who's Meaning you'd be sober the entire time. Because Rusty, when he walks in, he goes, a Buddy Epson video, which you like you do. throwing out. What is a Buddy Buddy Epson? Buddy Epson was like an old time actor. And so it's another Michael reference. And when he walks in, it's a first, he's he's going the Buddy Epson low, 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 low. Work. Oh, right. And so I was just low, thinking, low impact workout. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I was like, sweet. I think Buddy Epson, and I'm, I'm we're going to be wrong. So hopefully, husband. Have we ever Jensen explained Carp. the like Daniel's Red Jalopy intro that we, we might have? not have? I don't think we've quite fully explained it. So what it is. <laughs> Michael, crazy. Michael used to make the most obscure references. Yes. Not only to, like, what was crazy is that he would make references to like, uh, you know, old timey TV shows, movies we had never heard of. But mm-hmm. then he would also he would have the memory to be able to be like, there was one episode of Taxi that aired right. in 1976 where right. they did, the, and his like memory was just insane. But yeah, and then he would also have literary references like, yes. "There's a Noel Coward play." <laughs> it was like yes. those are the only ones I ever got. I remember he pointed that out one time. He's like, "So because I had never, I didn't know any TV references that he made, no, or movie Epson references, but I knew all his like original, old school literary references." He was but anyway, the original Tin Man. Buddy right. Epson. Oh, okay, okay. There you go. And but, Jed Clampett. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah. But I, so, so we were, Will, you and I were writing a fake mockumentary for what, where are they now? When Boy Meets World was ended, we decided to do a joke thing where we pretended t- it's 10 years in the future and we're interviewing all the cast for where are they now? It became this like epic in joke video that was like 50 minutes long. Crazy. But, <laughs> we did the joke that Ben becomes Michael and that he's giving notes. So we had to write a fake Michael's note session. And you wrote this line that just lives in infamy, which is, you got to do it more like uh, Daniel's Red Jalopy in the 1957 <laughs> remake of, uh, no, what was it? Do you remember? <laughs> what, <laughs> run him, run him, cowboy. Run him, cowboy, run him. Run him, run him, cowboy, right? Run him, cowboy, run him. You know, it's like the 1930s Daniel's Red Jalopy. Come on, nobody gets this? Nobody. And it's then it cuts to the oh. people going, wait, who? Ooh, and it's Ben going, ugh, I'm getting so old. I mean, that was Michael. He would just that give us these, these ridiculous. And this was Buddy. So again, you're on a kid's show and you're throwing out a Buddy Epson reference for all the kids out there. All you wacky kids with your Buddy Epson The CDs. only thing that made me feel better about it when I was a kid and we'd all look around like, does anyone know? Even the other writers and other producers, no we'd no look idea. at them and they'd go. No. Yeah. No, no idea. idea what no it was. idea what he's so, talking yeah. about. This was an awesome. So yes, if you want to stay sober, play the Buddy Epson <laughs> drinking game. <laughs> this boy meets world. Uh, Alan admits that he turned forty, and now that he's old, all he can do is just yeah, sit and there. Yeah, this and- was shocking. I thought he was supposed 40. to be forty-five, right? I mean, Ray! but you know, I mean, this is the thing: is like TV parents were just younger, Lame. I guess. Like the yeah. idea was to. Pl- I mean, because Rusty was actually forty-five in real life, right? Yeah, I think yeah. At this point. yeah. He's younger than me. Oh, that's the thing that they're. I mean, so is. you know, Eric is what seventeen. So yeah, they had 17, you 18. at twenty-three. Yeah, yeah, which is which I is the age my, my parents were was. when yeah, they had exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah, I think my right. mom was twenty-three when she had me. So, yikes! Oh, yeah. Yikes. I mean, when when I started on Boy Meets World, my mom was thirty-five. Oh, that blows my mind. Oh I'm six years older 
now than my mother was when, when she was being a stage mom <laughs> yes. to little Danielle. Oh, oh that's so crazy. It is that so weird. I know. That I know. Time, time has done weird things. I'm not sure that's true. But see, but... it's so crazy. To me. Like, I, I remember, Danielle, we had this conversation because we found a photo of our parents together. And, and yeah. I was like, how old were they? Because my parents were actually older. My mom was 35 when I was born. So, oh, okay. uh, f- so for their generation, they were, you know, on the older yeah. side. So, which may- meant that when, when they were, when our parents were hanging out, when our moms were hanging out on set, my yeah. mom was actually like 10, 15 years older than your mom, yeah. which, yeah. you know, in our minds, they were all either. the same age. <laughs> right. Like, I know. Oh, wait, yeah. So was my mom then. No, my mom got married when she was 23. I think she was like 35 when she had me. I was mm-hmm. a surprise. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I think this is the same thing. My parents were older as well, but I was also older than you and I have older brothers that are, my right. oldest brother's eight years older than me. So... When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ioniq 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched-out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ioniq 5 is a tech-forward electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve, forcing you to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what what else was your mom doing? Uh, My mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. 
Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You're right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. Back to Boy Meets World. I, I don't even know where we were anymore. No. Rusty's on the couch. Right, he's yeah, on the couch. He says yeah. all he can do is watch Angela Lansbury wonder, you know, wondering how she solves all those crimes. Feeney tries to help him up. I know I did too. I thought that he was, was great so in this episode. It was a little over the top because he's playing the old guy, but Rusty is so fun. No, I didn't think it was over the top at all. I love no, it. I meant over the top with the fact that he's forty, so that means he's broken right. down. Right, but I think right. that's but the no, point. He's right, great. is that yeah. he just everyone oh, he's feels great. that way. Like, I mean, we've talked about how old we feel on this show. Yeah, so I just love it. And yeah, I honestly, it so not funny. gonna lie, I'm so close to throwing out my back today. I'm having. I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I woke up this morning and for a solid hour, I just have been massaging my back, trying desperately to do anything I can to keep it from going out. So I texted you guys when I threw out a muscle in my bicep playing Street Fighter 2 <laughs> with my son. I texted him like, I seriously just just pulled my arm out. Like yeah, and yeah, it, it, it was fine the next okay. day. But yeah, yeah. But, oh, so my. crazy. Yeah, it's terrible. So um, Amy tries to get him up, but it's unsuccessful. Corey walks in, seeing Amy trying to pull Alan off the couch and says, Mom, Dad, it's not even dark outside yet, which I thought was funny. funny. He then tells them all about Melissa's party and they give him permission to go. And that's about it. Corey and Eric, they're in the Corey and Eric's bedroom. Corey walks into his room gargling and swallowing mouthwash. He tells Eric all about the party and his preparations. Eric is playing along with Corey, calling himself so cool for being invited to this party. I love you in this scene. Well, it's so fun. I just, I guess I really love it when you make fun of Ben. Like, just the, <laughs> and like you was, being an older up, brother yeah. is one of my favorite bits. And like, just mocking him, like when you take the second look, oh, so cool. I was like, this is, I just love anything. Anytime you're mocking Ben, I'm in. <laughs> I, it was fun. I, you so know what fun. I remember about, first of all, I, my wife wanted me to point out, she said you could cut bread on the pleats in my pants. That she she <laughs> wow. was very happy with the sharpness of my pleats. Sure, yeah. Um, we're starting collar over collar for talking about clothes. I did notice collar over shirt. collar, yep. yeah. But the thing I remember most about this scene was the line I say, so you're cool too now, huh? And I, it never sounded right in my head oh. i couldn't get the cadence right so when you actually you're go back cool and listen to it you're so you're cool to i it still rings in my ears it's one of those lines that will forever it's the nightmare scenario where you you're you wake up in your dream mm-hmm. and you don't know the lines and you're supposed i couldn't get it right ever and i still had the agita when i saw it last night oh my god like, oh, that line i can't get that line out it was so strange yeah you're, so you're cool too now, huh? Or something that was... <laughs> right, cool too. Cool too was, now, huh? 
it was weird. Yeah, I couldn't get it. Couldn't well, you also it. It call fun. him Coolio Iglesias. Of course. And do the double the double thumbs. I love away. double thumbs. Double thumbs is awesome. Corey steals Eric's cologne and says that now that he's cool, he can use cool cologne. Rampaging <laughs> stallion. <laughs> I, was Did it bump anyone that he put the cologne on his face? I didn't get that either. It's I, I get maybe because he didn't doesn't know. He, doesn't know. he yeah. thinks I it's guess. aftershave. Okay, yeah, that's you know? what I was thinking. I thought, does yeah. he, is he because he's like I'm going to use this cool cologne and then he puts it on his hands and he just like put it right on his <laughs> hands. Like, oh. alone. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah, I think he doesn't know. Okay, that okay, that makes sense. I'll buy that. He doesn't know where cologne goes. Uh, then we're in the Matthews living room. Alan still on the couch is disgusted by Corey's cologne. Amy is ready to take Corey to the party and pick up Sean on the way, but Corey breaks the news that Sean wasn't invited. Alan and Amy are very concerned that he's ditching his real friend. Mm. <laughs> what? What do you think that going to a party that your friend wasn't invited nope. to is I enough of a thing th- that your parents would make that would even think about it? Nope. Or just assume that Sean is definitely going. Like it seems to me like the better lesson is it's okay to have different Other friends. Of friends and right. like not be like one friend for life always. Yeah, it's, right. it, it, it's totally bumped me too because I would yeah. never have this moment. You know, as a kid, I never had this moment. And then as a parent, I can't imagine being like... I think what it was probably trying to do, and I could be wrong, was you've been inseparable with Sean for all these years. It's in my head. Yeah. And now you're going to your first party and you're going to go without Sean. Right, Like, because Corey's just basically doesn't have much of a social life outside of right. Sean. Right, and it's idea. your fir- maybe your first party you're ever going to and the right. guy you've been attached to the hip with isn't invited and you're still going to go to that party. Like, maybe yeah. that's kind of what they were going for, I get a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it just makes for the story, right? Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. to make yeah. the story work. We have exactly. to just highlight what's happening and, you know, make it a point. And so it just felt a little heavy-handed to me. But, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. more than it being even heavy-handed to me, what I was thinking is, is that the lesson we want to really be taking from it? I like the overall lesson of, you know, don't act too cool for the friends that have always been there for you. But all this idea of like, it's very weird that you would go anywhere without that right. guy. Well, even he in should... Mr. Turner's scene, they have the conversation like, you know, it wouldn't be cool to go to right. a party without... It's like, why? Why not? Like, it should probably... Yeah. I agree. Because it took me like really long in life to learn what I now consider a very valuable lesson, which is that you have different types of friends. Yeah. Uh, like, I always sort of like used to cut people out of my life if they weren't like a certain, you know, quality of friendship or didn't give me a... And it's like, in retrospect, I'm like, why not? And that yeah. it wasn't in, like literally until my late 20s, early 30s that I like realized that and learned that. And I wish that somebody had told me the opposite of this lesson earlier on We life, almost is, did that, remember? What? You and I almost did that in our friendship because what? I was that guy who wasn't... I, I was just... Yeah flaky and i i didn't like to go places and i didn't like to do anything and exactly. then a- after a while you were like i'm just not going to invite you places and we're not probably not going to talk as much and then it, it yeah. and then it changed we had a I couple confrontations like, about it too we did that, yeah, yeah we did and it was we something totally. i had to learn to be like well, it's me okay. too let but, will be will and just be his right. friend in the way that you're going to be his friend. yeah because like i yeah. used to want you to like show up at every party i threw or whatever yeah. i mean even back in the boy meets world days i remember you would be like no i'm good yeah. And that would hurt. But it's me, also you know? in it's a like, friendship, though, you also have to realize that you also have to give. So I yeah. had to yeah. learn more where it's like, I can't just say no to everything all the time and, and just right. expect this guy to be my friend all the time. Right. You know, you've also got to give in the friendship. And that's what a friendship is. A good friendship is a living, breathing, growing, changing thing. Totally. So and maybe that's kind of the the lesson of the the show. And I think right. I, I think Sean kind of gives him that lesson later where he's like, who, yeah. who cares? 
Well, yeah, I think no, where the episode lands is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Not to yeah. overuse that word because it gets <laughs> overused. In the, but I but I do think that the, like in a scene like this, it, it does seem a little weird that this is so much of a conflict to everybody. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would. Yeah. Interesting. I, I like the opposite lesson better. Yeah. That you can have different different types of friends. I think about it in terms of my kids. Like, I don't want Keaton already at 16 months old thinks everything Adler does is so cool. Yeah. And he want, he so. sees Adler do something and he's like immediately wants to try it. Yep. And that's great. And I love it. And I want them to be friends. But they're two years apart. And it's totally fine that they're going to have interests that are different, that Adler's going to have friends that he's just going to be able to hang out with alone. Keaton is not always going to be allowed to hang out with Adler's friends just because he's his brother. I don't want to force them on each other. And I don't ever want to be saying to Adler, like, but Keaton loves you so much. You, What about Keaton? Like, Keaton can have his own life. And it's okay for Adler to have his own life. So I think about it even in terms of siblings. Absolutely. it's yeah. okay for you to have different things yeah. going on and you don't have to be doing the same thing all the time. And certainly with your friends, it it should be the same thing. You well, should, you should also, you could attribute it to dating. My mom used to always tell me, especially at that age, 13, 14, you shouldn't be dating one person. You should be dating a bunch yeah. of different people. Oh, yeah, you should learn about, about the different the show, Yeah, before. you and I, where, yeah. yeah, where it's like, you know, you should be dating a bunch of different people. So I get, I get that you should be expanding your horizons and maybe trying. Mm-hmm. My mom used to say, and, if you waste your time with Mr. Wrong, you won't be available when Mr. Right comes around. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So back to Boy Meets World. Well, I'm so glad <laughs> we went on that little rampage. Uh, so Melissa's too. Yeah, exactly. So wait a second. The, the 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 globe is running over him. That means yeah, something. Right. <laughs> I didn't understand that, and I still smell like urine. Great. Oh, God. <laughs> we are now at Melissa's party. Corey tries talking to Melissa after entering the party, and then looks around and realizes he's the coolest guy at the party. <gasps> Uh oh! He got invited to a geek party. Geek party! Geek party. <laughs> just screams it out. Like, <laughs> what? Rea- and then, like, when we come back to the next scene, like, just, no, just like, no. No, it's like it's a complete break from reality, yep. which is fine. I mean, we've already gone into slow mo, but it, it, like, just what a sitcom moment, you know? Like, yeah. only can you you can only get away with this in four camera sitcom because, like, the nowadays, if somebody did that on a TV show where they just turn out and go geek party, <laughs> it would like the camera just keep rolling. The person would be like. Why did you just scream that? Like, <laughs> exactly. <what's> up, dude? <laughs> well, the break does help because yeah. then you can come back from it and it's like time has passed. It never yeah. really happened. Um, by the way, I directed a, a, a sitcom, a multi-camera sitcom where we somebody said something out loud, like they were looking at across the room to somebody and was like, well, that's what you think. Mm-hmm. And the character from across the room said, are you, are you talking to me? And yeah. she was like, no, no, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> or maybe I was. And the girl goes, I... I'm I'm looking at you. I can I'm hear you. Like it's, it's you. actually great. really funny. That's, That's funny. Great. Yeah. Once you realize how often like screenwriters get they like back themselves into a corner where they have to have a character talking to themselves, you'll yeah. see it all the time, especially in romantic comedies for some reason. Right. Like there'll always be like a woman by herself talking to herself, like, oh, but now what am I gonna do if I go over there? He's not gonna like me. And what about this? And it's like once you notice it, it will drive you crazy because yeah. it's such a crutch. Because writers will be writing a scene, they back themselves into a corner where they're like, I have nobody for this main character to talk to to express what's happening <laughs> in our script right now, but I need the audience to know what they're going through. So I'll just have them talk to themselves. <laughs> oh God. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. 
If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched-out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ionic 5 is a tech-forward electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve, forcing you to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what what else was your mom doing? Uh, my mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You're right, and that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to Books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code world.
Can we talk very briefly hmm? about the basement? Okay. <laughs> I remember what? the set. Well, the we hell? have a similar set because we, we, we do another episode. I don't think it was until third season where we're making on the closet. I think it's like the first episode of the third season, like seven minutes in heaven. Do you remember that, Danielle? Yes, I, think you, I you remember must be that. It. Is it yeah, the same I basement? Am. I think it's the same basement. I mean, it looked exactly. That's why I was like, we. I started getting the With episodes the confused in my mind. The eagles and the Patriot stickers everywhere. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Giant <laughs> gold eagles on the wall. Up the, it is an odd basement it just made me wonder about this family that coupled with the fact that she then says my parents took all the cool people off the list how the hell do do your parents know who the cool kids are (laughs) at your school enough to be like well we're dinging sean uh ray he can't come not with what he did last how the hell would they know who the cool kids know. at the, their think, daughter's school are? Really? No. You don't think enough, I don't know, if it's a small enough, like, suburb? I There's supposed like, to be 2,000 kids at that high school. Yeah. We've talked about that. In 2,000 kids, these parents know the kids that are popular enough Maybe to Maybe they don't the know school. all of them. But I, also assume these kids have gone to school together for years. Right. But like that's the, what I love, because he introduced, Corey introduces himself to her every time he sees her. He goes, hi, I'm Corey Matthews. <laughs> they were just in the classroom, and then he's at the party who was invited. Yeah, I that's thought great. that was hysterical. He keeps uh, introducing himself to her. I feel like funny. it's part of the whole, like, you know, insular uh, nature of that of the sitcom world, like you know, we talked about how like Sean could just walk to and from his house to Corey's house. Like, right? There's a set, and like m- like in the first season, Minkus would just walk to his house. Like they would just like there's you know it's just kind of I don't know it's it's also kind of nice. Remember in the first season when like they knew who Topanga was, you yeah. Know, it's right, like but that, that's that the, girl part of school. his group. You know, it's like people that he's right. talked about at home. I can't imagine. A, 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 you know, in a school of 2000, parents knowing the class well enough to just let her invite the quote unquote nerds right. and take all the cool kids off well, the list. They would just have to know? be, they would just have to be kids that they didn't know, right? Like all the nerds, because if she's like a yeah. super popular, it would just be like none of your regular friends because we know that those boys I, are. Yes. Also, you know? I have a better idea. Just cancel the party. Yeah. Instead of just having a party. Is it a birthday party? Are your parents forcing you to have parties? (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. With just you and five five guys. That's the whole party. (laughs) We don't want to make it uncomfortable. Never mind then. I won't do it. (laughs) It was so strange to me. But it was, it's a, it's a good party, and it's, it's all a nice done twist. in front of a giant sign that says "Paul Bunyan's Cupboard." I saw that one. I was like, "Is this a Paul Bunyan?" <laughs> it does. It absolutely does. Oh, Paul Bunyan's gosh. Cupboard. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Sean was apparently the first one off the list because her parents said guys like Sean are a little unpredictable. She's furious at her parents. The girls aren't even going to come. Melissa says her parents love Corey because he's a nice young man. So Corey grabs her close and very aggressively like he's going to kiss her. But then he says he's in over his head. She calls him a PA, which stands for parentally acceptable. I know I wasn't I wasn't expecting it. And when he grabbed her. I was like, whoa! Yeah, I, aggressive. For a second, I couldn't remember I, if he kissed her either. Same. I thought, That's what I thought. I, for a second, I was like, is he going to kiss her? And then he yeah. didn't. Right. That's, I mean, that's the joke, right? Yeah. Of course. He's trying that's, to be, yeah. Yeah. But, but boy, it was, it was shocking. I was like, it got the point across where he it was did. trying to act not parentally acceptable. And I was like, oh, he did it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little, uh, little tinge of jealousy? Coming from you, Danielle, I'm curious. Were you jealous that he grabs somebody else other than Topanga? Did that hit? Did that hit at all? Like what? 
what the hell's this guy doing? No, because I knew he was trying to be cool. It wasn't okay. like, uh, it wasn't like, I like you. It was more like, watch what I can do. But it was, I, I did think it was, um, I didn't expect it from Corey. I mean, yeah. of course, what, what then I did expect is the way it ended, which is, okay, I'm in over my I'm head. Over I don't head. know yeah. what I, but I thought, I thought it was a good, um, way of like. Shocking. Sh- yeah, it was shocking. Yeah, it shocked me too. Yeah. Um, and then a girl comes in to tell Melissa there's a cool party somewhere else. And Melissa. And this is Jessica Bowman. Do you guys remember her at all? No. Oh, I, know, see, I knew her name. You knew her well. I knew her you? before this. She, I, I, I knew that she was on an episode, but I didn't realize it was this early. But yeah, I've known her. I had known her since I was like 11. She was friends with Marla Sokoloff mm. and she lived at the Oakwoods. She's from Northern California. Is she She's one from, of the people who gave you the haircut? Yes. Oh, yes, okay. exactly. Oh, okay. So okay. she was around. Um, yeah, exactly. So she was always around the Oakwoods and like one of her. And then she ended up on Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman for a while. She was right. a, a regular on that show. Um, but yeah, I lost touch with her. I think she stopped acting as a teenager. Like by the time we were 16, 17, I think she just went back to school and stopped acting. But she was like a part of my life for a while. Yeah. I remember the name and she looked familiar. I, I, yeah. For some reason, I don't know why I thought she I was in one of your name. friend circle. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, remember yeah that, she though. was. Yeah. She was in our yeah. friend circle. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, uh, it's so funny how small the world is, you know, like yeah. back then, like uh, the pool of child actors, like we all knew each other yeah. even before they were like when we talked about Hillary Tuck and like these people that only have like one or two lines on Boy Meets World, but they were huge parts of our personal lives. It's so funny. Yeah. Strange. So Corey walks up to the nerds who are practicing spin the bottle and they're actually pretty happy just hanging out with each other. And then. We see Chubbies for the first time yeah, ever. So, so comforting happy. to see. I chubbies. It was great. I, I felt like, oh, there, now I recognize this show. Yeah. Like, I felt like seeing the Chubby set, like, great, now we're getting into parts of the show where I'll remember, like, really being in these sets. And, yeah, and, yeah it, it was, it felt great. It's way more comforting than Turner's Classroom. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like, what is yeah. that? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I Every time because... I still, when I see Turner's classroom, I want to turn it around in my mind. I want it to <laughs> yep. be like Phoenix classroom. It Same. never feels right. And Chubby's just felt so right. But it also, it's so funny. Like this, you know, we talked about this sort of like 1950s New York thing that like mm-hmm. came in for season. And Chubby's is so part of that. Yeah. Like yep. Chubby's is like the local burger joint. You yep. know, where, like the greases <laughs> hang out and exactly. fix up the cars. Oh, so, you like, have also, a second malt? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But where uh, everyone hangs out. You might see Feeney there. You might see your parents yep. there. You also Turners. might see the, yeah, t- yeah, yeah. the Turner and the kids. It's like, every, it's yep. the cool place, but like also the only place apparently to go. Yeah. Well, did you guys have a Chubby's? When mm-hmm. you were growing up, did you have any sort of chubbies? I mean, you, yeah. Ryder, you grew up in a small town. I grew up in a small town. So, Co- I mean, Coffee Cats. It was a coffee shop. Uh, it's still there okay. in Sebastopol. And yeah, by the time we were 13, 14, like we would get rides or like I would even ride my bike the, you know, four miles into town or ten, well, however far it was um, and hang out at Coffee Cats and just sit there drinking coffee and uh, playing hacky sack and Magic nice. the Gathering. Yeah. But yeah, what, it was like, was it was like the spot well? where everybody would hang out. And I remember the woman who ran it hated the fact that all these teenagers had like descended upon her really? place. You know? oh, oh yeah, she wanted like a real, like a nice upscale coffee shop, you know, with a piano and like all that. And instead it was like just infused with like little hippie, dirty hippie kids playing hacky sack and <laughs> a lot of kids smoking cigarettes. Like it was, you know, yeah, I, I can see it from like her point of view place. now. But for us, it was a haven. It was an, it was converted train depot. So it had like old train cars too. Oh, cool. It's a really cool spot. And there was yeah, like an cool. abandoned building that some kids would sleep. <laughs> like, Yeah. All right. Wow. So no, we just had the parking lot at McDonald's. Oh, yeah. And it Red wasn't Robin. even McDonald's in our town because our town did not allow fast food restaurants by like 
by law. Right. So right, we had right. to cross the border into Simsbury to hang out at their McDonald's. It was not a good But it would time. get packed, right? Like everybody packed, would be there. Packed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do Fights kids still in the parking have that? lot. And, I, I uh, yeah. hope kids still have that. Because I feel like mm. the internet kills the need for that. Because you'd just be no, like, yeah. I'm going to be here. But you, but you wouldn't know who was going to be somewhere. You just have to show up and yeah. hope to run into your friends or people yeah. you knew. Now, now we, we have parties the, in the metaverse. Yeah. Wait, what's Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alsop Meadows. So there were every every Friday or Saturday a whole bunch of people would just gather and light a bonfire and you'd be in the woods with a bunch of people. We do that. Yeah, we well. did that in the woods behind my house. We had like, you know, we used yeah. to have parties and stuff. But um yeah. but Coffee Cats was like the social, like during the Coffee day or Cat. after school, everybody would just sort of go there. Um I I wanted to point out something that people probably don't realize is like they may notice a preponderance of basements in mm-hmm. uh, in Boy Meets World or in sitcoms in general and it's an easy way to avoid having to have windows. Because yeah. windows mean oh, that you have to. Interesting. The windows mean you have to light it more from behind the windows, and you know when you have a basement, it makes sense that there's no windows, so it right. rationalizes not having to have um, the backdrops, like the big photo backdrops that cost a lot of money to produce back then, and then you wouldn't have to light that to make it look like it's day or night or whatever. Exactly. So, so sets where there are no windows are great swing sets, and that's why Chubby's has no windows, ah. and that's why it's a basement for her party too. It makes it so much easier to light. It's so it's a way yeah, cheaper way to have a set. It's whatever time we say it is. It doesn't matter. You don't have to look out the window and argue. Yep. Did you have a place to hang out, Danielle? Red Robin. Yum. Yeah, exactly. Just with my parents. No, we didn't. I didn't have like a friend, a friend spot, really. The mall. On on Sunday mornings, Jamie Leff and I would go to the Promenade Mall, which was next to the Topanga Mall. Oh. And we would get very large vanilla ice blendeds from coffee bean and then we would go shop at victoria's secret where we would never buy Whoa. anything because wow. we were teenagers <laughs> don't ask me. but it was like just bra shopping but would you just, run into people you know or was it more like about being out in the city and like seeing people no no it was know. it was people we went to school with basically yeah, we'd run into other gather. kids at school yeah. but it was like the mall was our yeah. spot that's very LA, shout out to actually. jamie mm-hmm. shout out to jamie yeah jamie um, so Harley is playing pinball with his gang and once again Frankie is in his own head thinking Joey said he writes poetry and leaves and Which this comes back this beca- exactly this yeah. kind of becomes a runner for him because poetry is ends up being an important part of his character and this is what you were saying about him being supportive where he was like what is it sonnets what do you, what do you yeah, like what he's trying to get more into it he's yeah. trying to get more it was great <laughs> so cute uh, then Corey walks in, sees Harley, and goes to leave, but backs into Mr. Turner, who's not wearing a tie. He was wearing mm. a cool jacket and a white yeah. T-shirt. Man! Just there for a no. burger, getting a double chubbies. I'm surprised he didn't have his uh, helmet with him, his, his motorcycle helmet. helmet. He should have been like, just framed it perfectly <laughs> in his arm. <laughs> Sitting on the edge of the table? Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> Corey says he can't find Sean, but Turner points him out sitting at a booth with a group of cool kids. And Corey says he made a mistake going to the party. And Turner agrees and says if he doesn't listen in class, he's not going to listen in life. And then Mr. Turner gets everyone at everyone's attention by saying, turn in your homework, but then says he's kidding and tells Sean his friend is here. And then says, good night, everybody. I was confused by this. I didn't get that. Hey, do you get the good night, everybody? Well, I, that, I remember yeah. that you it did became because I had done it. You and did I, it. I remember when I did it. I was like, this either I said this again or it became a recurring line. And sure enough, here it is again. Although Mr. Turner does it, so it was a good, it was a Johnny Carson thing, right? That's yeah. What we, yeah. Okay. I see. I didn't even know that. I only knew it as a boy meets world thing. But the <laughs> good night, everybody, isn't even the confusing part to me. What I don't understand is why does he say everybody? Tur- why does he get everyone's attention by saying turn in your homework and then? 
I, I was trying Corey's, to figure out. He's not in class. So he hasn't, you know, like mm. they make a reference to being in class and he's like, oh, I'm not. And then. So that he, is what it is. Because yeah. he says, if you're not going to listen in class, why would you listen would you? in life? And then he, is that the point that then he says, watch this. If I say to these kids right now, hey, turn in your homework, nobody no even budges. Exactly. Uh, okay, got okay. it. But then it, pl- okay. then it serves a secondary purpose of getting Sean's attention, which, right. you know, to help Corey out. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's a little bit of a, a little bit of a thinker for me. I just was like, hmm, okay. But love the good night. Everybody remembered you doing it. Sean says he got an extra order of chili cheese fries for Corey, but Corey says Sean is probably too busy with his cool friends, and so he's going to leave. But Sean says the people at his table will just make room for Corey. Corey says they'll see Sean talking to him, and that's bad because he's a geek. Mm. Sean doesn't get it. He says Corey is his best friend. He doesn't think he's a geek. He just has to loosen up. Corey wants to be cool like Sean, but Sean doesn't think he's cool at all. Corey points out that Sean is actually at the cool party. He's actually the center of the cool party. And when Sean realizes he's at the cool party, he decides to leave, taking his best friend Corey with him. Such a nice scene, man. It was. Mm-hmm. It's really so cool. well written. Yeah. It's like just a cool, like, yeah. And and I love it. It's a perfect development of the themes of season one, you know, because like in a lot of ways, this could have been like a season one episode. Yeah. Um, it, you know, like it does, there's nothing, about, I mean, obviously the make out party factor, right. but like it's building on like, all the tensions that Corey felt in the first season where, you know, I'm on the B team. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. like, and and, I, and it's a classic Corey thing to be like, there are two types of people in the world. You know, the people who make the A team, people who make the B team. In this episode, it's, there's the two types of people, the invited or the uninvited. Right. And I just love that, like, you know, basically Corey is this anxious person, like that his anxieties create situations that aren't really there. Like, I just think that's great because I think every kid can I mean, relate to that. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, everybody feels this at some point, right? Like in some yeah. version of this. And so Corey as a stand in for all the young people of America, like when you're watching it, you're like, yeah, like I've definitely felt that way at times. And I just love, yep, you yeah. know, and then it, that it plays out and it's just a conversation between two friends. And then this, I, I think that this is probably the best, like one of the best moments with Corey and Sean where he's like, are you, you know, am I cool? No. Or am I, yeah. am I a, a nerd or geek? No. What am I? You know, I yeah. just love that. That's like one of the best exchanges. It's so, you're, you're Corey. You're always will be. And we're exactly. Corey and Sean. Yeah. So comforting. It's so, it's like that, that, you know, that Sean can be a, a good friend. Like he doesn't have yeah. to be smart or whatever. He just has to be a good friend. And like, ah, it was so nice. It just made I me know. It's also the, very the rider though, to, to look around and, and kind of say, Oh, this is the cool place. Come on, let's bail. Let's <laughs> There's something very like. Very... Come on, let's just let's just go. We don't need like we don't need to be here. I just yeah. also love any opportunity where Sean gets to be the grounding force. Yes, for me too. Corey. I, yes, yeah. it's you great. know where Sean gets to be the one saying, "Listen, man, I'm always here for you." Yeah. And don't like, worry about it. We're gonna be. It's you and me. It's you and me for life. I I, I just it was such a nice yeah. payoff for your friendship. Um, yep. And uh, and yeah, nice little reminder of that core friendship we fell in love with in season one. That was the yeah. the you know the focal point of season one, and now we've gotten kind of away from it with all these other characters. It, this was a nice episode of bringing it back. Yeah, yeah. and oh, and it's also developing it too because it's not the same thing where you know in the, yeah. in the first season it was a lot of like Sean in trouble, Sean needing Corey support mm-hmm. or being needing Corey to ground him, and this is like Sean kind of paying that back socially by yep. being because he's more whatever so uh, older and it, girls are interested in him and so he's able to like be there for Corey. and it's yeah. so nice man it's such, yeah this is that i mean this episode is just great it's yeah great i love it so we're in the matthews living room alan is still hurt on the couch eating milk and cookies with one of those little pickup claw things <laughs> yeah. oh man 
And then Amy comes down in a robe saying he got another catalog order and then reveals a sexy silk nightgown she bought Betsy for her next husband. Randall. I'd like to point Wowzers. out that on my uh, on my notebook here, I spelled negligee, N-E-G-L-E-S. Mm. <laughs> negligee. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I like that you I, I wrote remember... negligee at all. I, I know. I, well, I think you just I really didn't. liked the words. <laughs> <laughs> I did not remember that she actually opened... The robe. I the figured robe. she was going to allude to the fact that there was something sexy underneath. I was oh, like, no, oh, that would be weird. She if she, if she just alluded, you would assume that she was naked underneath. Well, so even that. But again, to, kind of like, hey, right. unwrap the package more as opposed. She just, oh, go Betsy. Like, just yes. look what I got. It was great. <laughs> Amy asks if he can get upstairs and he says he doesn't know. She whispers in his ear about what's waiting for him. And Alan suddenly <laughs> can get up off the couch. It's a miracle. <laughs> And then on his way up, he claws the vitamin E. <laughs> is that what it was? Uh-huh. Yeah, was his vitamin potent, E? His durability okay, enhancing vitamin E. I thought e. it was a, <laughs> was a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> and so all that was going through my head was, was what Where's the hell that does this man have planned? <laughs> I honestly thought it was a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> so that's, that's what I was thinking. It's like, what, what a weird joke. What the hell are they Oh my thinking? God. Okay. That That's makes yours makes more sense. Hilarious. Yours makes more sense. Okay. I wonder how many other people misinterpreted that. <laughs> I thought it was peanut oh, butter. Oh, he's getting the chocolate sauce. You're right. What? That's Jeez. what I thought it was. That's what I thought they were greasy. doing. They were going with that. Yeah, there's, That's yeah. funny. <laughs> Too many I'll jokes. make you a sandwich upstairs. <laughs> I didn't know what they, <laughs> what they were planning. I was I'm going to make yeah. a sandwich out of you. It's Go. vitamin E. Okay. Thank God. All right. Oh God. All right. Good. Whole different thing. Good. Good. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Pod Meets World. As always, you can follow us on Instagram, Pod Meets World Show. You can send us your emails at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. And we have merch. Match. Podmeetsworldshow.com. Like <laughs> it's right. Like, it's match. Oh, he's Australian. Match. Oh, Australian. It's Australian. It's match. I love it. Thank you. Uh, well, we'll see you all next time. We love you all. Pod dismissed. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Danielle Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. Executive producers, Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production, Danielle Romo. Producer and editor, Tara Sudbach. Producer, Jackie Rodriguez. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan, Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon. You can follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show or email us at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler Sandies shortbread cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. 
With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions, and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only.